welcome to Let's Keep It Going. Let's keep it going. Episode two is the podcast of Emmaus Church. Uh, if you didn't listen last week, the idea behind the podcast is just to you know keep that conversation going that we start on Sunday mornings. Because um, our, our hope is that Sunday mornings, it's not the end all be all. It's something that's meant to, to instigate stuff, spark stuff. And so this podcast is meant to support uh, and encourage that. Let's keep it going. Thomas, how you doing, buddy? I'm Thomas. I'm, you are Thomas. I'm joined by Nick. Yep. We're we're missing one. We're missing Lindsay. Lindsay Day is not with us this week. She is Buffalo. Buffalo, New York. Go Bills. That's okay. Yeah. That's the football. Yep. That's the guy. The football guy. That's that's the one where the guy kind of they were like for like a yeah month, they were like yeah demar hamilton yeah, right yeah, yeah, hamlin yeah. hamlin not hamilton hamlin did hamilton yeah. hamilton now we're all over the place <laughs> signing the declaration of i've never seen it uh, no buffalo bills that's my son's favorite team rowan he loves the bills big josh allen fan. why so Lindsay, for listening you know maybe you could like make something cool happen we're around 50 days out from college football starting this is the longest part of the year for me i i can't it's so hot well, I'm from here. I was raised here, and uh, it's so hot. Yeah, Fourth of July weekend is notoriously nuclear hot. There you go. Well, Sunday we had some technical difficulties. Yeah, there is no uh, video of the sermon, but the audio is up, right? So people can get that on the Amaze Church SC podcast. Seamless. Yep. So if you haven't, you know, had a chance to watch or listen, make sure you do that. But we talked about words, words, Word up. lots, lots and lots of words. Words are fascinating. Thomas, uh, what's your least favorite word? Don't get words? Me, don't get me in trouble. We we all have words that are just gross. My least, you know, my least favorite words or my 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 favorite words. Let's. Let's go least favorite. My favorite words will get me in trouble on <laughs> on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, my least favorite word. I mean, like we got to go with the one everyone hates. Moist. 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 Nobody likes that word. It's funny. I have. So I have. I have a stutter. People don't always know. You know that about me. Combo breaker. Yeah. I. It was really bad when I was young, but even even still today. There's there's a few words I get stuck on. So I have uh I still get hung up on a few words. These are my least favorite words. One is situation. Mm. That word can get just mess me up. Situation. I, I say sit, 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 situation. Did like you say situation? Uh no, I don't say that. And then the Lord's Prayer messes me up too. You know that. Yeah, temptation. Yeah. Lead us not to temptation. Lead us not to temptation. Yeah. Is there a word you say too much and when you hear yourself say it, you like major eye roll? Oh, uh, I got one. Ridic- no. Ridiculous. Bizarre is probably mine. You say that a lot? That's bizarre. Huh. Do you know the episode of Ted Lasso? Oh, they do it a lot where they're just like, they say a word and they're like, like, yeah, there's a term. This is coffee. A coffee. Say it. Cough, coffee. Yeah. Coffee. Coffee. Weird. Coffee. 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 Well, you know what it's called? What? It's a real thing. It's a phenomenon. That's another one. That's another great word. Phenomenon. 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 And multiple phenomenon is a phenomena, I think. But anyway, it's called semantic satiation. Mm. I learned this. And it's basically when 
you hear a word get repeated over and over and over and over again, your brain stops interpreting it as a word and starts interpreting it as a noise. Whoa. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, coffee, 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 coffee. After a while, what is that? Yeah. Words are weird, man. Words are super weird. I think it's time for the recap. We're going to recap now? Let's. Here's the recap from Sunday. Cue the music. Now, last week, we kicked off a brand new series through the book of James, which is the most practical, the most down-to-earth book in the New Testament, if not the entire Bible. So for James, you're becoming our truest self and helping to usher in a new and better world. It has a lot to do with how we persevere in trials. We talked about this last week, right? But he also believes that it has a lot to do with our mouths, with what we say. James has a lot to say about the things that we say. It's that words have power. Some of us, we know the truth of that. Man, we are carrying around words that were said to us, about us, over us. We actually carry them with us. Which, of course, brings weight, doesn't it? To the wisdom that James offers us way back in chapter 1. Take note of this. Pay attention to this. Everyone should be quick to listen. Slow to speak. And slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Sometimes we need to be quiet and listen because it's not the right time. You may not be the one who needs to say what needs to be said. Some people think it's their job to tell everybody what's up. It's like they're, they're, the, they're the police, the moral police out there. they got to tell everybody. But we have to earn the right to speak a hard word. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. If you aren't a friend, shh, we celebrate outrage. People can get a whole lot of people to watch if they just look really mad on TV. As followers of Jesus, we are called to a different way of doing things. And if you have to appeal to name-calling and insult to try to get a point across, then your point's probably not good enough to make. It's not that there aren't some important conversations that need to be had and important things that need to be Yes, but how we do it matters. The goal isn't to just, like, say something mean and nasty and then go get high fives from all the people who already agree with us. And I think the church is meant to lead by example. We're meant to show them a better way, a more Jesus-looking way. I bet you're really happy that Ted Lasso, now that I've watched Ted Lasso, like we're able to share and like we are on the, the same content. yep like we're able to be like um that part in ted lasso where it does have it. you finished all three seasons completely Come and on. you thought i thought it was good i thought the ending was a little weak really yeah i thought the ending was weak i, I don't want to spoil it i might agree with you i will here i want to this is my soapbox all right ted lasso soapbox there was a lot of negative energy from people about the third season mm-hmm. they a lot of people didn't like it which you're free to do. You're free to not like it. I, yeah. What I thought was a little frustrating was why people didn't like it. They didn't like some of the redemption that was happening mm. in season three, some of the villains, yeah. you know, and I just think this is an interesting observation, you know, like, and their comments are, it doesn't always happen like that in real life. You know, uh, people don't tidy things up like that in real life, right? which is a fair assessment, but- Sometimes I think we should watch art stories, not 
just to show us how things actually are, but maybe to inspire us with like how things could be. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I think everyone needs a show like Ted Lasso <laughs> to watch because so we would watch, me and my wife would watch really like I, I didn't like the idea of watching like a feel good show. Mm-hmm. Like I, I watched The Office like crazy and like that was like my feel good show. Feel good show. And like after that, I was like, I can't watch another. Like I would always watch like either like sci fi shows or drama shows. Mm-hmm. And so we would try to find shows to watch. And we'd always end up watching like Yellowstone, mm. which is an extremely depressing. Yeah, thing. you don't walk away it's from that like feeling better. Super tense all the time. And we would watch, and I remember always watching that show and like all the negative stuff that would happen in that show. I would get so starting to watch the show, I'd get super anxious. Mm-hmm. Don't want to watch the show. And then, but Ted Lasso is such a positive yeah. show. Yeah. It's like they go out of their way to be positive. Right. That's probably why there's so much redemption. And the timing of that show. Is I think a big part of why it became such a like a thing for people mm-hmm. because it came out in the middle of 2020, right? You know, when I think it did, it was right 2020, 2021, something like that. But I think we all needed a feel good show, you yeah. Know? And I it, think you always do. I, I, I really, I, I would th- agree the same way that you probably need to go see a counselor on the reg, even if you don't have any issues or you don't think you have any issues. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's good medicine, it's a good like vitamin C, mm-hmm. like. To take your vitamins, you need a show that's like feel good. If you watch shows, there is Thomas's unsolicited advice. Because like if you if you watch like negative shows all the time, you feel it. And then after I watched Ted Lasso, I was like sad. Yeah, I was like really sad because I didn't have anything to watch that yeah. made me feel good. And that's yeah. probably like the addict part of me that's that's talking. But <laughs> like, and then we started watching Jury Duty, which if you haven't seen Jury Duty, it's amazing. It's is it a feel good show? Prime, dude, it's hilarious okay. and it's feel good. I like this. So that that's a really good show. Um, I think but we then just started over for me too. It's <laughs> like, done. You need to slow down. On yeah, your shows. Yeah, I think we just started a new like bit for this show. Thomas's unsolicited unsolicited advice. advice. His first. I don't pieces. think you want my advice no, though. I think this is great. Thomas Thomas can drop some stuff on you from time to time. He sneaks it in too. That, like, um, but here it is. Thomas's first piece of unsolicited advice. There, find you those a feel-good show. Find you a feel-good show. That's my word. Yep. My word of the day. And, and watch it. We're talking about words there today. Go. There you go. And that they matter. Look at that turn right there. There we go. That was smooth. So tell me, um, you know, you were there. You heard the message. What is kind of staying with you? What what resonated with Thomas? I thought I thought your message was good. I thought it was is it was very spot on about words and how they either cut like a sword or what's the other thing? They they either cut like a hmm? I don't know. They bring life or death. They either bring life or death. They do. Isn't that a scripture? Words cut like a sword. There yeah. There's um there's some verses in the Proverbs that's basically like insults. It's like it's like sword thrusts. And then he even talks about who people who train for that. They actually train. They, they cut they cut like the sword. And then like you can even like dig what's the what's the phrase like you dig it like dig in like a with a knife? Mm-hmm. What's the phrase? Like you um You twist it. I don't know. Twist the knife, the twist of the knife. Yeah. Right yeah. That's like a word. It's pretty accurate. So like the thing that's stuck with me in the message was when you started talking about blessing. Mm-hmm. And this is probably this is like near the end of your message. Mm-hmm. So I took away your takeaway. Mm. So you can be proud of me. That's a fun little um, alliteration. So the whole thing, the whole idea with blessing, he talked about blessing and how uh, the difference between blessing and cursing and, 
even sometimes we get blessing wrong and our blessings are pretty heavy, heavy handed. And you like some of some of our people that are super condescending or they patronize, like you have a tendency to do that. If you're blessing from like a higher place, like there's the the real type of blessing is like so it so in my head when I'm hearing you, it's like, so if you're a dad and you need a blessing, like you're not telling the dad like. God, I I put a blessing on Nick that mm -hmm. he would teach his kids how to not act up, you mm -hmm. know, like teach, telling him what you think he should do. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not a blessing. A blessing is like, remind Nick that he is a good father, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Like it, it notices something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A blessing notices something, which is important because sometimes like you can't confuse a blessing eat with like, I think one of the things you're talking about was like kind of that underhanded insult. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people can make them, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to bless you right now. And you're like, and a lot of Christians do that. Yeah. A lot of Christians feel the need to like, you know, I'm coming to you and my, my, you're my brother in Christ, you know, you're my brother in Christ. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what I think you should do. Yeah. And you even talked about that. And it was like, if you're not a friend, mm -hmm. you're not, a, you're not a person's friend. So I'm better. I'm bigger than a friend. I'm a brother in Christ. And it's like, I would say even Christians that don't know each other, mm -hmm. like you can, you know, correct me if I'm wrong or challenge me on this, but I feel like if you're really brothers in Christ, mm -hmm. if you're, if you're not friends, if you're not in a deep relationship with that person, I don't know if you are a brother in Christ. Yeah. Like, I think you're both Christian, right? but like brothers and sisters in Christ, like those are people from the same church. Right. 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 Those are people from close tight knit communities. Mm -hmm. And like, I think if you are from, if you're from the same belief but not the same community. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you are like this close relationship yep. that gives you the authority right, to speak right. into somebody's yep. life. You know, it comes to mind is Jesus famous teaching on like judgment. Don't judge each other. You know, he's like, basically, who are you? you got a log in your eye and you want to help your brother with his speck, mm -hmm. you know? And he's like, first take out your log, mm -hmm. then you can help with the speck. I love that because like, on the one hand, it's obvious, you know, you've got this stuff that you got to deal with first. Who are you to try to help them with their, you know, what's off with it? But but the assumption is that you're eventually you can, right? Like the assumption is behind all this, we can actually help each other with our specs, right? Mm -hmm. These little like fragments of wood, which is like for me brings to mind this image of like helping my kids when they were younger with a splinter in their finger, you know, and if any parent or anybody, anybody out there has tried to help a little kid to get a splinter out of their finger, right? man, if they don't want you to, you're not going to. Mm -hmm. I mean, golly, you try to pick at that thing and instantly they're like, you know, taking their hand away. Like they have to trust you. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? They got to like, okay, I trust you. I think that's the image of what it might look like for us to speak a hard word. We got to have that kind of relationship. You know what I'm saying? Where... Uh, we're not just going around gouging everybody's eyes out, but it's like, man, yeah, I trust you enough, you know, to speak into this. Yeah, that's important. And I think even the posture you you have to take to get bes get beside somebody in the process of removing a speck, it takes a level of self awareness mm. and humility, and it's the it that can only be found in the process of asking someone else to remove the plank mm -hmm. in your in your eye. So like the process, so when he's like, he's like, hey, check on your own plank mm -hmm. before you deal with somebody else's spec, yeah. you know, that process of self-reflection 
that takes somebody else mm -hmm. to really tell you, you know, I need, I need help with this. Yeah. It takes that formation that, that occurs when you're dealing with your own stuff forms in you a humility mm -hmm. and self-awareness Yeah, that it allows you to approach somebody else about mm -hmm. specs, but it also allows you to see like, the people that I would normally judge mm -hmm. are not the people I'm dealing with. Anymore. Yeah. Those are not the people that I mm. need to worry about. Mm. Like before I was able to get my, my, my plank out of my eye, I was worried about these people mm -hmm. and the superficial stuff that I thought were, was really important. But now that I'm like a little bit more self-aware, yeah. a little bit more humble, those people. You don't need to do that anymore. I don't even need to worry yeah. about it. Anymore. Well, I think that's actually the plank. The plank Jesus is talking about isn't just, anything you know but it's specifically this habit we have of judging people as a way of kind of identifying our own okayness mm -hmm. i guess what judgment is judgment is when we try and control and manipulate people with shame and guilt mm -hmm. you know like we want them if i can squish them a little bit it's going to make me feel good right that's the plank Right. That's, that is, that is what Jesus is talking about. So that, that's got to go. Like, and I think it can happen as the work of the spirit is you get to this place where you realize I don't need to do that. Like, I don't need to knock them down to somehow, you know, elevate myself. Um, we're all, we're all embraced by God, you know, God's love period. Yeah. So like when that's gone, man, I don't have any need for that. And then you also can, like you said, you can step into situations where, you're going to speak a hard word, but man, your motives are coming from really a place of care. You know, I was just, I just spent time this past week uh, with some guys from college, close friends. I mean, brothers, we haven't seen each other in a while. We went fly fishing, celebrating the 40th. Um, and there's one of them. He, he constantly brings up this moment that we had because it meant a lot to him where I had to sit him down outside and it was, you know, and, and like say a hard word to him. But mm -hmm. like I, I remember the anxiety, like the, the anxiety I had before that moment, just yeah. kind of like, man, I, I wasn't, I didn't want, I wasn't looking forward to this. Yeah. You know, if you're looking forward to sharing a hard word with somebody, you probably don't need to say it. Dude. And it tends to not go well. <laughs> like if you're super eager, Ooh, I can't wait to say this to them. That should be a sign that maybe you don't need to say it to them. Yeah. You know? Because it's 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 not it's, it's not supposed to be fun, mm -hmm. um, but sometimes it's necessary, mm -hmm. you know. Which a message like this about being careful with our words, about you know being quick to listen, slow to speak. One of the concerns I always have is that there's somebody sitting out there, and all this is doing is re. It's like it's like affirming um, their silence. You know, it's like giving them more ammunition to be like, yeah, this is why I shouldn't say things. I should be quiet. But the truth is like. You know, there might be somebody in your life you need to say something to. Yeah. You know, like if you don't, who's going to? So I don't think you can take this conversation, you know, as a way of like avoiding that part of being friends with people. You know, it's it's necessary sometimes. But, you know, the part that, that I thought was interesting for me, like working on this message was just this observation around recognizing that being careful with our words has a lot to do with timing, you know? Yeah. And the observation for me, I think I shared it a little bit on Sunday, is just how different I am when it comes to that. I mean, I was in my 20s. I was so quick, you know? 
oh, I got a good word to say, you know, to them. They need to hear it. And I would just, you know, not even not even from a place of like motives, you know, that I really am just trying to knock them down a little bit, the underhanded, you know, blessing or whatever. But realizing like you might have a really good thing to say to somebody, a necessary thing to say to somebody, and your motives might even be coming from a really good place, but that doesn't mean it's the right time. Mm-hmm. They've got to be ready to receive it, you know? And that's something I've, I think I've, you know, I don't, I don't know how you get there other than the fact that I am now 20 years older than I was. And I've learned that from experience, you know? And uh, I think like Friday Night Lights. Do you ever watch Friday Night Lights? No. The TV show? That was, that was like Lindsay and I's first show we got into, mm. which we were talking about shows earlier. Yeah. And one of the things I loved, I grew to love, I didn't like it at first, was that coach. I can't remember his name. But the coach from Friday Night Lights, like there are all these moments where you'd have these young high school kids who are like falling apart, things are off or whatever. And I'm like dying for him to say something to this kid. I'm like, say something to him, like kind, like, come on, just, just like, you know, just say it. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he'd be quiet, you know? And then of course there comes a moment later in the show where he finally does say, he says it at the right time and it builds this kid up and it motivates him to go and do this thing. And I just remember like, that was the first time I, I guess I saw it modeled, you know, in a sort of way. But a lot of times, man, if, if you're in a, a place of influence, parent, mentor, you know, boss or whatever, you need to be prayerful, prayerful about like when, like God show me when the right time, you know, is to say this. So timing matters. I feel like, you talked about how Jesus was this type of authority that spoke like the whole idea of speaking from authority mm-hmm. and what that mm-hmm. looks like. And it, it's, it's less like Joffrey from game of Thrones. Like I am the King, yeah. you know, yep. so anybody that says they're the King mm-hmm. isn't really a King. Yep. You know? And he spoke in a way that came from authority. And I think it, it mostly had to do with the way he acted as well. Mm-hmm. So like the disciples not only had, a person that would, his timing was so great Mm -hmm. with when he confronted the disciples on things, but, but he, if he, Mm -hmm. if he didn't have this, if he didn't, you know, walk with, you know, the presence that he walked with and and the actions that the disciples saw him do and the way he acted, Mm -hmm. like, I don't think he, like there would be a place for him to speak into. Yeah. Like he shows that you have to, you know, the t- the timing of speaking into somebody also kind of what precedes that is yeah. is you acting in the way mm-hmm. that you want them to act. Well, it's like having the kind of presence where they actually invite you mm-hmm. to speak into their yeah. lives. Yeah, you know what I mean. See, you, that's the better way to put. Yeah, it. Yeah, you, you just kind of wait for it. I, I I think that's what I love about Jesus. And you know, to be a Christian means that how I define things. I start with Jesus, right? So take take like idea of holiness, for example. You know, I my definition of holiness is defined by Jesus. And I look at what Jesus's holiness looks like. You know, it didn't look like this kind of holiness that people who didn't have it all together didn't want to be around or couldn't be around. He had a sort of holiness that attracted folks, you know, even if they were in the middle of a mess. I think about the woman who comes barging into that dinner party with all the religious people. She's a prostitute, right? And she comes barging into this dinner party to wash his feet. Like, think about the kind of presence he had to have, you know, 
for that sort of thing to happen, right? That's what we have to embody is be the kind of people who, you know, when you're around other folks who are maybe in a bit of a situation, oh, I just said it. I didn't stutter that much. Good job. Wow. You did it. It invites people, you know, and Jesus didn't squish them. He didn't squish people. And so I don't think we should either, you know, with our words, but I don't know. I have a question. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, it's not fully formed yet, so be patient with me. This idea of speaking into somebody else that you have a close relationship with, it makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. because I've never seen a good example of what it's like to have someone on your mind that you feel like they should be acting differently. Mm-hmm. Like whatever that comes from, hmm. like has never not accompanied like this idea of judgment or shaming somebody mm-hmm. like, or an arrogance about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like when you're really like worried about somebody else because they're, you know, if they're dealing with addiction, if they're dealing with, um, if they're acting out, mm-hmm. you know, on their partner or whatever, like, and none of these are real examples, but, right. but like so, somebody that's that's looking into somebody that they care about and being like, they're doing life wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, this is how you should be acting. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, my first gut reaction is you you shouldn't be thinking about your your people that way anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like it's it's like it has to take some sort of like. It must, it must be like an extremely good reason mm-hmm. to, to sit at home and think about my friend is living life terribly. Yeah. I'm living yeah. life great. And yep. like, he should be acting like me. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the, like 99% of the time people are acting like that. Mm-hmm. The people that I know that act like that are, are, it's coming from a place of judgment and condescension. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know. When I hear you say, like, when you want to speak to, you know, a brother, like, mm-hmm. or a sister, like, this is how you, you, yep. you know, and I'm just like, should, sh- like, when should you even be thinking hmm. like that? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't think it's something you actively spend, you shouldn't spend time, you know, monitoring everybody else's behavior. Yeah. You know, yeah, I don't think it, you know, I think about the times in my life where it's happened. And to be really frank, when it comes to like friends, mm-hmm. It hasn't happened that often. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been a few times where I've had to, and there's been some times they've had to do it for me. Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened that often. It's For me, it's more about my the role that I'm in. I'm in a role where people kind of have allowed me to have that seat at their table. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's a little different. It's um. So you're not necessarily talking about like, like in a scenario, you're going hunting and your friend says something that's like off-putting and- you go, well, well, Bill, I've been wanting, there's no bill by the way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, Bill, I've been uh, really wanting to talk to you about this. So funny. You brought that up. I wanted, I want to confront you on this. Like you're not necessarily talking about that. You're talking about when, when Bill or Bob or whoever comes up to you and be like, man, I'm, I'm really struggling. Like, yeah, they usually instigate. You're like, you're like, you're caught, you're not, not caught off guard by it, but you're like, you've, you've been invited into this process and you're like, okay, I'll, uh, let mm-hmm. me let me and it it usually proceeds with yep like more questions yep. like tell me what's going on because yes you're you've you're not coming from this place of i've been monitoring you mm-hmm. 
I've been paying attention to your spin. Yep. Right. And, no. and this is what I think nope. about it. Like, I, yep. And I, I, we talked about that a little bit on Sunday is like, I'm trying to differentiate between like, you know, my life as a person and my friendships where these kind of things have mm-hmm. happened. And then like my role as pastor, like my role as a pastor, it definitely happens more frequently, mm-hmm. you know, because like people come to you for advice, you know, or whatever. And so that's an open door. You know, like you ask for my opinion, here it is. Right. With friendships, because you're so close, that doesn't always happen, you yeah. know, but, and, and here, I mean, I, I mean, it, this is one of the reasons why I think prayer is so important is if there's something I've been feeling, you know, towards somebody that I care about that I'm close to, and I really do want to bring it up. I want it to get brought up. Right. Mm-hmm. If that's a better way to say it, mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to bring it up. I want it to get brought up, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I really submit that in prayer. I'm like, God, I feel like there's this thing that we need to talk about, you know, I don't want to come button into the front door. I would much rather have it opened, you know? So like, God, give me an open door, you mm-hmm. know, and give me eyes to see and ears to hear when, when it is the right time. And I can't tell you I mean, how many times that has happened. Like if, cause the chances are, if you're feeling it, they're feeling it too. Mm-hmm. They know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say, you know, if, if, if that's you, if, if there is somebody close, you know, you're close to and you do feel like there's this thing you got to say, or you, you, you know, that needs to be said, I would, I would start there. Like God, you know, not only give me the words, but like open the door for Mm -hmm. it. You know, we've been talking like in the context of like you confronting a friend on their BS, Mm -hmm. but it's like, we could be talking about you wanting to talk to a friend out of a desire to reconcile. Like you guys have been on at odds with each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've been hurt by something that your friend has said, or you have hurt a friend on, on the things that you've said, like, just like if you've insulted them somehow, I don't, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but, but out of a desire to reconcile, yeah, like you want to talk. talk It's not just about like, Hey bro, let me talk to you about, you you hurt my feelings. You're backsliding. You know, like it's, it's it's more about like, Hey, like, we've, we've, we've been at odds with each other. Yep. We've said some harmful things to each other. Like, yep. Let's reconcile. Well, I th- you know, some strategy for this, definitely. As I think about these moments, um, sometimes it can help to be self-revealing first. So like, mm-hmm. the, let's say there's this thing that you want to talk about that's kind of there and, you know, um, and it, it would take some vulnerability from them to, to go there and have that conversation sometimes i'll and this might be i don't i don't think this is like manipulative i think it's um it's trying to spark something you know and so i might start a conversation with them sharing something that i need right. i need help from them with right do you see what i'm saying like um i might invite them into some of my stuff mm-hmm. you know and ask and then sometimes that can lead to because that's the thing if you're thinking about it if it's been on your mind it's on theirs too. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're not like oblivious to the issue. Right. Um, and so I, you know, that's a way kind of, and then I think always major on asking questions, uh, ask questions more than make statements, you know, because I found even when people hear themselves say something out loud and it becomes their own aha moment, that's way more profound than me telling them, Hey, you need to do this. Right. If you can ask questions and kind of lead them to, you know, almost like a discovery of their own, that tends to drive it home, Mm -hmm. you know, more more than like somebody saying you ought to, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I think, you know, major on asking questions, try some vulnerability on your part, you know, maybe lead with like some self-revealing and invite them into, you know, some issue in your life. And then I think sometimes it's the door opens and then it doesn't. And sometimes you just, 
you really have to have the courage to kind of just say, hey, I've got something that I feel like I need to say. I'm not looking forward to this. This has been really hard, you know, uh, and I might even be wrong, you know, like throw that out there. Um, it's tough though, man. It's tough, but it's necessary. You know, my pastor in Ohio used to say, uh, I'm like one bad decision away from being on the, you know, front page of the newspaper. Mm -hmm. Like we need people who, when they see things that are off, we've given permission to them, right? That's one of the beautiful things about being in community at church and particularly like with our groups is a, is sort of a, you know, an agreed upon arrangement, you mm -hmm. know, for those groups is we are here for, to facilitate that mm -hmm. possibility. Like we want to have those kind of relationships. That's why we're doing this, yes. you know? Um, and so for clarity, like the thing about Christians is that they gossip, <laughs> like <laughs> when they say that they're not supposed to, they <laughs> gossip all the time Yeah, and they do it so well. And so like obliviously ob oblivious to, to them gossiping that mm -hmm. they'll hear a friend talk about another friend in a way that's like, Hey, they're struggling with this. Yeah. And then you think, Oh, well, I'm a Christian. They, that person's never talked, talked to me about their, their issues, but I've heard it from, I've heard it secondhand from somebody else. Yeah. That's the permission that I've been given mm. to go talk to this friend about no. you know, their gambling right. you know, or whatever. Like yep. it's not about like, like that is not the example. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's not at all. And I, I love, I love what you're saying and this kind of this apprehension about trying to make it a strategy mm -hmm. to confront somebody. This isn't a strat. Like we're not mm -hmm. talking about this. Hey, this is how you strategize yep. to confront somebody or to like, talk about somebody that you're in conflict with like this is like a posture yeah that you that's a good word yep daily yep nonstop where hey you should never confront somebody in a way that's like declarative and overt mm -hmm. like you should you should really be humble yep. always just be humble when you're yep. talking to somebody and ask more questions than than giving given judgments or yes answers. it's not something we enjoy or we look forward to um i, I like that word posture you know it, but i i, and I do want to say as hesitant as we should be about it as prayerful as we should be about it as as humble as we should be about it and even almost apologetic you know it's like um we still we still have to be about it yeah you know like one of the things one of the situations I've been, man, I'm nailing that word today. Yeah. Uh, I've been invited into a lot over the past 10 years is you know, a lot of marital issues, like ma serious marriage issues. Um, and one of the things I think that is so bizarre to me is couples can get to these really bad places. And I know they're in relationship with other couples. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you're telling me nobody noticed anything, mm. you know, like nobody, nobody saw, you know, anything that was concerning or alarming. And then if you did, you didn't say anything. Like mm -hmm. you didn't ask, you didn't check in. You didn't like mm -hmm. try to have an intentional conversation about this. Um, we've got to have people in our life who we've given permission to speak a hard word mm -hmm. when necessary, mm -hmm. you know, but that's got to be agreed upon. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's just with anybody. Um, what else, Nick? Well, you know, I wanted, I think one of the practical things we can do, let's, let's finish here. Okay. I think something that we all can do with this, to become people who are quick to listen, slow to speak, people who use our words intentionally, um, is from time to time, take an audit of your words. 
like just start paying attention to the words that come out of your mouth and to the words that you tell yourself, like pay attention to them, write them down. You know, what do you, what, what, what observations are you making? Because I love Jesus ties the heart and the mouth together. Mm-hmm. You know, he says the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, mm-hmm. you know, what, if it comes out of your mouth, it's cause it's in there. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes our words can reveal the condition of our hearts. If you find yourself being negative about just critical, mm-hmm. what does that communicate about your heart? Right. And then that gives you a targeted thing to pray about. God, God, help me with this, you know, help me with this thing or pay attention to the words you tell yourself, you know, like the things that you say to yourself, that's something my therapist has been really pushing me on, you know, is why do you say that to yourself with that tone? You know, and what if you changed it a little bit, you know, um, say it this way, because the words, I love this quote I came across um, by, as a poet by a uh, name Hafiz, uh, but he says, the words we speak become the house we live in. Mm. Isn't that powerful? The mm-hmm. words we speak become the house that we live in, you know? And so I think we've got to monitor the things that we're saying to people and pay attention to the words that we say. Just like I, I found myself, I'll come into the house, you know, and I'll just start like complaining about stuff. Right. You know, there's this mess that like, that isn't just me making observations. You have to, why am I paying attention to that stuff? And yeah. why am I not noticing this stuff? And so it gives you a way to like direct some prayer, you know, God, I'm noticing I, my heart is critical right now, you know, help yeah. me with that. Um, be more cognizant of the way your words are affecting yeah. you. Yep. But you, it starts by paying attention. Mm-hmm. And so I think take an audit of your words, make a poop diary, a poop. <laughs> I did not see that coming. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Make a poop diary. There you go. What did I say? Every, today? every time you say something and it makes you feel a certain way, write hmm. it down, write it down. And then, and then four months into it, mm-hmm. you'll look at it and see how many times a week. Yeah. It's made you feel a certain way. It's a poop hmm. diary. Maybe that's good. It's good. Well, there's two sides to this, not the poop diary, but there like, is two sides to a poop diary, though. I don't want to hear the other side. Okay. Maybe maybe I do. No, you don't. Maybe off air. Um well, but you know, I think our words reveal, can reveal our heart, but I think our words can also shape it. Mm. You know, so when you take an audit and you notice there's this pattern or there's trend. There's this thing that I'm, I keep coming back to or saying, what you can also do then is reverse that mm-hmm. and have a mantra mm-hmm. that you, yeah, you almost that. make a breath prayer. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so like you can shape your heart with your words as well. Right. Um, and that's something, again, my therapist is really kind of targeted. I can be so hypercritical of myself around things, right. you know? Um, and so I've come up with some breath prayers just based on that. Like, hey, you're learning. You know what I mean? Like instead of why didn't you know that already or whatever, it's like, hey, mm-hmm. you're learning. You know, you're learning something right now. And it's not just a mantra that you just say to yourself. You know, it's something that I believe God, I, I trust as God also speaking to me. Mm-hmm. On the fridge every morning, I mean, there's a magnet on the fridge mm-hmm. that says, let that stuff go. Hmm. I've always just thought about that. Yeah. Every time. Every time I look at the fridge, it just says, let that stuff go. Words have power. We tell our kids, you know, we have these four words that we speak over them. Uh, For Rowan, it's, we tell them, you know, you're wise, you're kind, you're brave, and you're true. Like Mm. you're, you're, you're authentic. Like you're, you're consistent. That's what we mean by true, you know? Mm. And the girls, we tell them you're, you're kind, you're strong, you're beautiful, and you're worth it. And I drive them to school every day. That was like my thing in the fall. 
And on the way in, we always pray. And before they get out of the car, I ask them, who are you? And they tell me who they are. One of the things I think is really cool is uh, if one of them's not there, they say it for them. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah, I'm not even sure why I, why I find that so interesting yet. But it's like, you know, say Rowan's homesick. Mm-hmm. The girls in the car, I'll ask them, who are you? And they'll do their four words. And then one of them will do like a dupe voice for Rowan and they'll say Rowan's words too. I'm like, man, that's. I think that's that whole idea that there's something in the ether. You know, there's like the plant story you said on Sunday, where yeah. you know you're speaking it out into the world. You know, plants don't have ears, mm-hmm. but that's energy. Yeah. You know, and and when who who knows how far that energy carries? Right. Like when you say something, when you that's kind of what a blessing is when yep. you pray. Like that's that energy that mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to speak over to my speak yep. over my brother and 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 must speak for him even though he's not in the car and yep. hopefully that that energy that spirit reaches him yeah um, that's beautiful i think you know more than anything or at least, at least this we all need people to speak truth in our lives especially the stuff that's not always easy for us to accept mm-hmm. and embrace cuz it's too good yeah. you know what i mean we need people to remind us um hey this is who you are you know, this is who you are. Don't forget it. Mm-hmm. So I think if we're going to, if we're going to talk, let's use our words for that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in. I think that was a lot of fun. Did you have fun, Thomas? I had great fun. I had I a good time. I have great, I gate fun. Great fun. I'm stumbling over my words. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's you, not me. Hey, we really do want to interact with your questions, you know, from the sermon more. So don't there forget. There were no questions? There were no questions. It's, oh my you know, goodness. Now we are. I'm going to confront y'all on We're recording stage, a day Sunday. early. So get, you know, give them a break there with the 4th of July holiday. But seriously, we, we want to hear from you. You know, if there's a message that stirs up more questions than maybe answers. Uh, maybe we should like have your email somewhere visual. While I'm preaching. While you're preaching. Yeah, or whoever's preaching. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a <laughs> good idea. Like, hey, email me. I'm like, well, what's your email? Don't forget. We forget it's it. It's right there. Hey, before you go, let me pray for us. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for the gift of speech. I pray, Lord, you just keep us aware of how powerful our words are. Help us never to just lose that sense of fascination with the fact that we can communicate with each other to the level that we can. It's, it's unreal. Help us be wise with our words. Help us to uh, be sensitive to the times when we need to speak up and the times when we need to be quiet. I pray, Lord, that we will always um, invite you to search our hearts before we open our mouths. And uh, just help us to um, to use our words to help shape this world more and more in the kind of place that you want it to be. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great 4th of July. Bye.